This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by Crudforge. You need to go right now to shop.crudforge.com and check out one of their great tabletop games. They have a fantastic card game, Virtue Signal. Been sticking in that same theme is the game that I want to talk to you about today, which is the Portland Occupied Zone. It is a full tabletop game with miniatures and wonderful tiles, superb art where you take your slacktivist and burn down a couple square blocks of Portland trying to fight off, you know, the evil police in the name of peaceful protests. It really is a funny board game and one that if your table has a sense of humor and a political skew, you won't go wrong with. Both of their offerings are available at their webpage. Again, shop.crudforge.com. You can pick up either or both of these games right now with free shipping. Shop.crudforge.com. Crudforge supports us. You should support them. Pick up one of their games and enjoy at your table. Now, on with the show. Hey, 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 everybody. My name is Ryan David. Thank you so much for tuning into the big show, Nerd Cognito. Uh, we're happy to drop to you every Tuesday, but I couldn't do it without my good friend, and he is here with us today. Hey, Kyle, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Uh, we talked on the Speakeasy this past weekend about how it was a pretty rough week, so I am enjoying my extended weekend just to rejuvenate, recharge the batteries, that sort of thing. How's 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 your week going so far? Yeah, I don't get an extended weekend, you bastard. <laughs> so you were to work yesterday is what you're saying. Yeah, uh, you know, working on Labor Day and working on the holiday. The only good thing about it is, you know, I start early in the morning and there's like no traffic. That's right, because so, all of the schlubs like me are home and at the grill and <laughs> not right. on the roads. Right, yeah, that helps a lot. Now, you start your day super early, so uh, I can't fathom there's traffic there. But coming home, you probably have to have to sit for a little bit, huh? Yeah, coming home, it's not too bad because um, I'm still kind of beating the rush home. But, uh, you know, rush hour traffic when you're trying to get from place to place, you know, I'm already two or three hours into my day. Here comes rush hour. So it was nice to not have a rush hour Monday. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Did you do any gaming this past week? Nope, because of uh, the lead into the holiday. I uh, just didn't really have any time. I did dig out some old, uh, and we talked about it on the speakeasy, dug out some old modules. and You know, just kind of reading up, refreshing my memory on some of the, the old school stuff. You know, compared to some of the stuff uh, that's coming out now, oh, Planescape, uh, <laughs> uh, that old yeah. stuff really does hold up. And, you know, the old stuff, that's the reason the OSR is so strong, because the core foundation, you know, the bones of what was built was really solid. It might've not been the prettiest. The layout may not have been great. You know, a lot of people have fond memories of the old school fonts in particular in like AD and D. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I do. I think they can look better, but the content makes up for it, you know? So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, 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 I think that if another re-release were to come and they were to glam up the layout a little bit, I don't know. Do you think it would sell or would that rub people the wrong way? 
I don't have any idea. I, I, I'm, I've been trying to predict people for 53 years. I've never figured it out. So I, if you're asking me, man, you, I mean, throw a dart at a board and you got as much chance of being right as, as my opinion. I don't know. You could have like a redo version and, and hopefully grab some new fans. Although the OSR is still going strong and you know, that's, yeah. Again, because of the people and the content that, that make up that whole design school. And just looking at that classic material, you can't beat it, man. The, the new stuff is just doesn't, doesn't compare. I, I, I'm at a loss for words because it's, it's that striking. And I was looking at some newer stuff within the OSR too. Uh, some new stuff that's coming out to be used with OSR rules but because it's designed on the back of that original content, it has that same feeling too. And I tend to think that that's why the OSR is growing. I mean, it's still a small segment, you know, we're never going to be the main driving force of the hobby, but that's okay with me. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. It's a difference between form versus function or, uh, or to put it another way, how useful information is compared to how um, ostentatious that information is. There's nothing so, ostentatious about my tiefling with a 16-inch <laughs> penile. <laughs> <laughs> but the old schools, you know, it was centered on, you know, here's the information you need. You right. know, this is, you know, and it, it was it was concise, it was direct, and, it, yeah, it wasn't always pretty. There wasn't flowery prose. It didn't you know, give you backstories on NPCs and things like that. But it was like, here's what you need to know to run the game. Well, don't you know, that's what's wrong with the OSR, Kyle. If you listen to the right people, that is a hundred percent what the problem is. Um, uh, we have a, an influx over the last month or so of new listeners to Nerd Cognito that are making it a regular stop for their weekly podcast. Uh, want to welcome nice. all of those folks in and uh, some feedback that has come in is, you know, I'm reasonably new to this OSR thing. I was, you know, just playing with my group for years and years and years and didn't realize how fragmented this freaking hobby is. And we're going to talk about that yeah. for our opening segment. There are significant camps in the hobby and all of them have a place. I don't necessarily think that all of them have a place to stay, but all of them right now have a good <laughs> place in the hobby. And we're just going to run through them for the folks that don't know. And for the folks that do, they could sort of chuckle along and see if they agree or disagree with our assessments. Then I've got okay. some news for you. And then uh, mm -hmm. did you know that we were DMing wrong for 20, 30 years? 40 years I've you know ever since I've been on uh, X formerly known as Twitter <laughs> that's what I've been told well I've got a list and that list is the 10 essential skills that a dungeon master needs to know and understand and we're gonna see uh, uh, gee I wonder who might have written this kind of list uh, but we're gonna see how much in <laughs> sync they are just with playing in general and uh, here's a hint. They're not. <laughs> They're not at all. <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a look at that list uh, on the flip side of the news. So, yeah, you know, uh, one of these days we'll find a list that makes sense. 
but right now maybe we should write a list right uh, we don't have a we don't have a form we don't have a medium to do that sort of thing unless we were to do it on x the app formerly known as the twitter machine but right. I, you know i can see submitting this to some of the top publications and it not getting any <laughs> any press at all um i wonder though there's a bunch of new osr zines coming out maybe we could get a list published in one of them there's some really good ones i don't know if you've seen uh any of the the newer zines that are out uh d12 i think is one d12 that's out there. is one uh, and mad scribe you know mad scribe has a killer one right, right now so yes who, who knows maybe uh maybe we'll get it in and Publish a nerd cognito list in one of those zines. I think that would be fun. I let's let's just talk to Venger and have him start a zine as if he doesn't have enough to do. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure he can sandwich it in between managing child number fourteen through eighteen and <laughs> you know, publishing and, and, and publishing material and running cons and doing streams and you know, I just the man is a workaholic. He is. Uh, sh- sh- did you see the Crimson Dragon Slayer stuff that came out? I know I'm going to get accused of, of shilling for for Venger. Oh, you're an inappropriate character, Venger. No, no, no. I well, I was a Venger Mark before inappropriate characters. I'm going to say that right. Yeah, now. me too. Me too. I'm I'm not on IC, so let me shill for Venger. <laughs> let me tell you what, man. I picked that up. I got that Advanced Dragon Slayer. I mean, it's free. Yeah, Crimson. It's free. Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't you? It looks spectacular. I think he's going to print it, or or at least make it available POD. Uh, that's yes. that's his new his new Ven- venture venture. So, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but again, I have, I have yet to dig into it. I just I just picked it up uh, a couple of days ago, and I haven't dug into it yet. But uh, I need to. Uh, I, I want to get into it because it looks really good. It's it's very palatable bullet points of OSR play. So it's Good. if you can imagine this, it's rules light OSR. So oh, wow, yeah, I, I I really dig it. I really dig it. Well, you know who wouldn't dig it? The Sparkle Trolls. <laughs> but they're not the only ones out there. There's a ton of different fragmented groups that are making up our hobby right now. And each of those groups have some very unique characteristics. Some we agree with, some we don't. Um, I kind of want to run down all of the groups. Oh, and when I get to one, people are going to lose their mind. You're starting shit again. No, I'm not. I'm just going through groups. But they are definitely now a clear segment. Um, Let's talk with the, the biggest group which is probably not anyone that's listening to our show right now, right? And that is what I call the gaming middle. I don't know. Is there a good name for these folks? Um, I don't know if there's a good name. I mean, it, it, calling it the gaming middle certainly encompasses, you know, I, I think that's pretty easily understood by everybody. Yeah. Of they, what that means. They've been going. They've been playing their games. Some as long as us old grognards. And yeah. they are blind and agnostic to all of the other groups. And I kind of envy their right. position. It is, <laughs> without any of the, the I guess, bravado that he provides, it is a group of birds, right? <laughs> yeah. Essentially, yeah. It's just, hey, I just want to play my games and I want to have fun and I don't worry about what other people are doing and, you know, hey, we're, we're 
we're busting out OSC and we're starting the campaign Thursday night or whatever. And, yeah, and I, mean, I don't even think that they don't worry about what other people are doing. They're blissfully ignorant to everything else that is going on. They have their group or groups. They do their thing. They've done their thing. If something right. new comes out, regardless of who writes it or who publishes it or what the artist is or is there an AI artist, it doesn't matter. If it's a good game, they will play it. And, right. and the gaming middle, like I said, it's an enviable position. I used to consider myself in the gaming middle. And then I got dragged into this position that right. I'm in now, which I don't even know where it is because we get pegged as OSR, but I am certainly not exclusively an OSR gamer. Um, yeah, neither am I. I think that a lot of the, the vibes and the philosophy that the OSR has is good stuff, but I, I, I guess I'm an outskirt gaming middle. Just I happen to have a big, fat fucking mouth and that... <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're not the only one. I've been guilty of that myself. I I prefer the old school way because that's you know that's that's how I learn. That's what I grew up on, and, and that's that's that was my introduction to the hobby. So I suppose there's a certain part of nostalgia there playing into things. But I also think that it's um, it's just a really really good content. Um, but yeah, I'll play other stuff. I went through my you know, storytelling, vampire, the masquerade, white wolf stuff phase in the nineties. And, and I've tried other, other games here and there, and some of them are good. Some of them not so good. Um, I, I played vampire for a long time. I loved that. I know a lot of people didn't, but. Well, you know, and I guess that sort of caters into the next group, which the name of the group comes with some baggage now, and that would be the story gamers. Right now. I want to make a very clear distinction between Story Gamer and Sparkle Troll because that's a whole different animal. The Story Gamers are not Sparkle Trolls, but some Sparkle Trolls are Story Gamers, right? Right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, they are more interested in the tale that is told. They're mm -hmm. less interested in the mechanics or the random nature they want a compelling story to be told at their table. And again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think all there's overlap with every one of the groups, right? We have to acknowledge that. Sure. Uh, yeah. I don't want to play in a dungeon crawl that's, here's a room of orcs. Here's a room of kobolds. Here's a room of troglodytes. Troglodytes aren't getting enough love, by the way. I have, <laughs> I, I have, a, I have an issue that troglodytes have moved down the pecking order. I like troglodytes. Uh, <laughs> troglodytes stink. are good, man. Yeah. Troglodytes yeah, are good. Yeah, but but they're a gateway drug. Troglodytes are a gateway drug because the next thing you know, you're fighting slod. <laughs> and, you know. Well, I, I think that a lot I of the 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 troglodyte characteristics have just been laid on top of cobbles lately it, it really has oh, right yeah 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 and now it's I'm surprised just, i'm surprised we can still say troglodyte well, well you know we can't say that there is a tribe of troglodytes that's the, <laughs> that's the newest thing that you know we have our knickers yeah. in a knot over is is tribes coming yeah. out of wizards um the sensitivity readers have latched on now and are attacking the word tribe because mm -hmm. uh God knows we can't use a descriptive term w without it being right. problematic. Um, 
You and I have the blessing, though. Our friend Ironcaster, uh, a member of a tribe of Native Americans or Indians or right. whatever you want, yeah. has given us the blessing that tribe is okay. So I'm good with tribe. Ironcaster yes. said so. <laughs> What's going on, my friend? Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. See, now I got on troglodytes, and here I was. Yeah, we got... We got, we got, we were doing storytelling gaming, you know, the narrative style. Yeah. I don't you know. Sa- I, Savage Worlds, 13th Age kind of stuff, maybe a little bit fallen, you know, kind of bleed into that area. A little um, bit. I, I think they're more in the middle game uh, territory because there still are mechanics, right? right? Uh, mm-hmm. When I look at a pure story game, I look at something like a fiasco or I look at, uh, I don't know, what was the game that we had in the news the other week with the was it birds where you cannot fail at anything uh oh yeah yeah unless you unless you want to unless the player wants to oh yeah. I, I, I would like to fail yeah that's gonna happen fucking ego yeah. maniacs yeah. um i guess the next logical step is the sparkle troll Ugh. yeah you know i love and have a lot of pride that i coined that phrase but i hate and have a lot of disdain that I coined that phrase too. Uh, That's funny. It's it, it's it's weird. Sparkle trolls are the epitome of everything that you don't want at your table, and I say that objectively because they are inserting politics, they are rewriting history, they are ignoring the past. They are very much the activist gamer, and they're the first ones that will tell you that that's where they're at. There are designers and executives that fall into this category. My great buddy, who also has me blocked, Sean K. Reynolds, has been slowly poisoning Monty Cook games for 20 years with this bullshit before it even had a name. But these are the folks that are preaching the safety tool. These are the folks that are preaching orcs are racist. I didn't know that a pig could be racist. I mean, I, I still sometimes like the pig orc. <laughs> where, where do you fall on the orc spectrum? Do you prefer the pig orc? Well, you know, I grew up on pig orcs. Um, I really liked uh, Peter Jackson's depiction of them, though. I agree. Uh, in the Lord of the Rings movies. I think that that was perfect, perfect for, for the orcs. And yeah. um, just to show you how all of pop culture bleeds into gaming, the personification of what orc tribes uh-oh, should have been. Uh, did you play any of the Middle-Earth video games? Um, Shadow uh, of Mortar or Shadow I, of War? I played, yeah, I played, I played Shadow uh, a little bit. I did the, uh, the battle for Middle-Earth, but that was like a real-time strategy. Right. Uh, uh, combat thing. When I look at the Shadow series, that is in my imagination and at my table what i want orc culture to be and mm-hmm. it, okay it's tribal it's hierarchical hierarchical right. is that a word it might be <laughs> yeah it is actually i think um but it, it is at its purest form rage conquest and evil and of course you know they're they're not all orcs are even no not all orcs are evil but most of them are and <laughs> and what do they want to do they want to burn rape and pillage that's the right. orcs role in the game well that rubs the spark well, the wrong way 
it's it's the old triune brain theory, man. You've got you know like the the uh, the the reptilian brain and the mammalian brain, and it's, it's the model of how the how an intelligent creature's mind works. And the orcs they've got the reptilian brain. It's fight or flight. You know, mostly can I, fight. Can I eat? Yeah. <laughs> can can I eat it or can it eat me? And that makes that's that's what that is what decides my reaction to it. I either run away or I or I fight it and kill it. Every I mean, once yeah, in a while, me fuck it, then eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that gets in there too. But I was, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I think orcs should be. I agree. They're just, they're, they're they're very based creatures that don't have a whole lot of higher capacity for. Uh, you know, thought, know. magic, yeah. using, organized civilization, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I mean, and that serves some of, a role. Some of that. that serves a role in a fantasy setting, without a doubt. Yeah. But until people started comparing them to real world demographics, it was safe because here's a fictional creature that can always be a bad guy for you. Right. Right. And, you know, and that was their that was their purpose. But unfortunately, the segment that we're talking about drew these parallels because it was convenient for their out of game world. And I I think of all of the groups, the group that can least detach their gaming experience from their life experience is the sparkle troll. And that's where you see the marketing for this lifestyle brand bullshit. And, you know, I've got to, you know, have a a dungeons and dragons condom ready to go for, For when my they them says put it in me, daddy. Uh, it's just <laughs> who knows. <laughs> then there's the group that we get most associated with. Again, I consider myself still a, a a middling gamer, but I lean towards the OSR. The OSR. The OSR. Um, if you're listening to us, you probably know what the OSR is, the old school renaissance, old school revival. You pick your words, but really at the core, it is a design school. It is a philosophy for play that subscribes to an original rule set. Um, there's a distinction there, too. It is not a game that feels like an old school game. It is specifically a game that can use the old school rules freely and interchangeably. So the beauty of the OSR is you're not tethered to a system. Everything supports everything else, either blatantly or intrinsically, where you can do a little song and dance as the dungeon master and make it work uh, without conversion charts, without, you know, a spreadsheet it's it's just Mm -hmm. there and there's some beauty in that flexibility and simplicity don't you think yes i do and it's something that um it's been a long time since i've brought this up but one of the questions uh many years ago someone asked me well how do you know if this is you know, you, you say it's not Dungeons and Dragons. How do you know that it's not Dungeons and Dragons? And and the and the short answer to that is the compatibility. Because if you go back to 1974, the ODD, you had Basic, you had you know Holmes, Moldbay, all that. You had B B E C M I, uh, the Rule Cyclopedia. You had Advanced, 
in kind of a parallel line going up. You had all the advanced stuff and, and then first edition and into second edition. Those are all roughly, you know, I'm just kind of guessing here, but I'd say 90% plus compatible. Right. You can take any of that stuff and mix it together and you're not going to have a whole lot of problems. There might be a few little things you need to tweak, but it's not a major deal. But then Wizards of the Coast comes out, puts out third edition. Which, which I'm going to go on record and say, I enjoyed third edition before the bloat. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm putting it out there. I'm not, not hating on third edition, but it's not, it doesn't have that level of compatibility. No, absolutely not. They were, and I think by you can't, design. You can't back engineer, yeah, you can't back engineer third edition into first edition. No, but again, I think it was very deliberate that that decision was made because they wanted you to buy and reinvest. And if you look at some of the very early third edition properties outside of the three core books, it is very transparent that they were pulling at what then wasn't even named the OSR, but OSR heartstrings, right? You had return to the temple of elemental evil as a very early core module and shit. I want to say that thing ran from third to 17th level, right? Mm -hmm. It it was Mm -hmm. designed to be that product replacement so that the compatibility was hamstrung for financial reasons. I mean, it's, it's good business and third edition did a world of good business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to talk down about third edition. My, you know, my comment is solely on, uh, you know, you're talking about the OSR right. and, and that was the, the strength of it is the, the compatibility between systems. And I publish this book and Hey, I can take this book and I can use it with this other system or use it with this system or whatever. And it's a design philosophy. And, the third edition was a break from that design philosophy. Right. And so there are some that purists would, that don't even include second edition. They say, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, th- there are some that will, that will say that. However, uh, in my opinion is second edition was published by TSR. They still were their own company at that right. time. And on top of that, it is 90% compatible with all that previous it is, stuff. It is. There's a lot, and there's a lot of good that came out of second edition too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Spelljammer, Black Sun. Um, right. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't. I, I know that this is some nostalgia for me. Even though I started with Advanced, my real first system where I was in it was second. So um, that, that's where I am with that before we get to our final group i gotta ask you a question here about the penultimate group that we have to talk about today kyle okay what do you bench (laughs) i have no idea i'm gonna let kyle take this one because they are without a doubt kyle's most favoritist group in our home I'm talking, Look, of course, okay. about the Bro SR. Yeah. Oh God, you're gonna make me. Now you're gonna make me lift. There's <laughs> gonna be some heavy lifting here. That's all right. It's leg um, day. <laughs> or, or if it's Jeffro's day, you know, it's drive-through day. Uh, you know what? There, there are some good guys in, in, that that are involved in the Bro SR. There really are. There uh, are. The there, major- there are legitimately great people. 
Um, I, I have someone in mind right now that has actually guest hosted this show that I would consider right. in the bro SR that is a spectacular person. Yeah. And, and there, and there's some very interesting concepts. The, the real problem I have with the bro SR is that they're, they take the, they use a lot of the same tactics that the, the sparkle trolls do where both of those groups are going to tell you you're playing the game wrong. None of the other groups that we've talked about do that except for those two. No, you're, you're and, absolutely correct. That's like and, their mantra. And not only yeah. will they tell you that you're wrong, they are so visceral about telling you that you're wrong that it's off-putting to every other group. It, right. it, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, with the exception of the tinkerers that try their best to appease the bros, generally speaking. I, I think that's a fair statement, don't you? Yeah, but yeah, I do to, to, yeah, to a point and the tank, the tinkerer is really, um, you know, they're trying to do their own thing, but it's like I talked about with the, the wealth of experience that they have too. They, they want to draw from the bro SR way of doing things too, because that helps them with their tinkering. Yeah. But, um, the, at yeah, their core, the, they have two real cornerstone beliefs, I guess. Is, is that what you would call them? <laughs> the bro SR? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one-to-one -one time, right, which is um, fucking ridiculous. And I, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I mean, it can work. It's not, it's not, um, unfathomable. It's, I don't think it's a ridiculous proposition. I don't like the fact that they claim it's, this is the way the game should be played. And if you're not using one-to-one -one time, you know, then they're going to, call you names, tell you you're an idiot, you know, harass you on whatever social media platform you're on and that sort of thing. Some right. of them, not all of them, not, not all, all of them, them do that. not all of them, but the most vocal and the most prominent ones will unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I really have, have the issue with. Um, there's, there's nothing to say that one-to-one -one time was ever, except know, for the fact the that Gary Gygax said that he doesn't use it. Well, and I don't know, maybe he did at one time. It, the, what the, what they're doing is when you use one-to-one -one time is you're, you're just reverse engineering Dungeons & Dragons back into a war game, which is where it fucking came from to begin with. So either go play a war game right, or go play Dungeons & Dragons, but don't tell me I'm doing it wrong because I don't want to run a war game. Right. They have a biblical devotion to Appendix N, which... They have, yes. I... I, I'm not shitting on Appendix N, um, but I'm not either. There's some, yeah, it's good stuff. I, I'm not, you know, reading it with fidelity on a weekly basis, verse by verse, holding your cock while I do it. That's that's you know, <laughs> that, that's not for me. Um, well, and you've also got to realize too that Appendix N, when it was put down by by Gary. You know, this was, you know, what was that? 79, 80? 79. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, you know, what about all the shit that got published after? <laughs> like, 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 like Glenn Cook's The Black Company, which Gary said in an interview at one time that he would be likely to include that in Appendix N right. if he were to ever update it. And he never did. So there's a lot of other materials too, besides Appendix N, but 
the biblical fervor that uh, you mentioned. Yeah, there's there's some religious connotation. Or what? Let me, no, I I, I get what Pause. you're saying. They're uh, they are. There's some things that bother me. There, there's some yeah. There's some things that bother me that borderline on religious fanaticism. Not to mention some anti-Semitism from their core <laughs> leader that is on yeah. record and public. Um, yeah. I, I'm not putting it out there to, to say, you know, we need to cancel the bro SR. I'm putting it out there because it exists and we can't yeah. talk about it without putting it in the context of their supreme leader is pretty openly and publicly at least supporting these views, if not promoting these views. Right. So, um, you know, yeah, you can't deny it. You can't deny it. I mean, it's, it's you a fact. can talk about the game, but you also have to talk about the context from the people that are doing the talking and that's the context it's there. So, and, and that's all I want to say about it. Right. Cause I'm not looking yeah. to turn this into a hurricane again. I'm just saying right. it's on record. It's there. It's in black and white. So yeah, uh, the bros are interesting. The whole gym thing I think is a shtick. Part of me believes, and we've said this before, I'm really waiting for the bro SR to come out and say, ha ha, surprise, it was all just a fucking gag, and I, as Jeffro, took it and ran with it because it was good for my clicks and my credit, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, because, it, would, it would be funny, and even if it started that way, the thing has taken on a life of its own now. That will never happen. Nobody's ever going to, even if it was a joke, nobody's ever going to admit at this point because it's gotten too big. It's its own thing. Now well, it's, it's becoming, I've said it before. It's an ideology. Enough about that. Let's, let's yep. go into the last group. We reference them because, well, if I use what I believe is their true forms name, I will get some shit. So Kyle came up with <laughs> tinkerer tinkerers. They're tinkerers, man. They like to tinker around with stuff. Uh, do you want to, want to call them opportunists? No, because that's almost worse. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to, um, want to call them versatile? <laughs> I, I want to. I want to say the. Uh, I don't know the, the the new. I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm going to call it what what it is, and that's the name that that stuck again. Thanks to my big fucking mouth, the faux sr. Um, in a non-derogatory way, right? Faux SR just means that you like the feeling of this vintage classic gaming, but you're not necessarily married to the design school. And there okay. are some great vintage classic games that I own and play and love that would fall into this category. So I'm not pointing fingers, right? I am saying it's just very distinctly not OSR because it doesn't have the two things. It doesn't have the design backbone and it doesn't have the compatibility. Look at Traveler, right? Traveler's been around forever. Okay. Great game. Classic, maybe the classic gaming. How's that? Classic right. gaming. Is that better than faux SR? Classic. Neoclassical. Neoclassical <laughs> gaming. Boy, you just raised the sophistication level of this show. Um, well, but it's. Oh, I, I understand I, your point. I was going to call them scavengers too, in a positive way, 
because they take bits and pieces from everything and throw them together. Tinkerers. But there, there, there's overlap, again, with all of these groups. Because we would play a tinkerer game. I like that. Tinkerers. Yeah, They're sure. the tinkerers. They're the tinkerers, Kyle. There's nothing anyone can come at me, although they will, for saying tinkerer. <laughs> um, and it's folks that, again, like the middlers, they range the gamut. They'll play everything because they like playing They'll design things that they think are cool for them that fill right. a void in gaming. It's not a negative thing, right? Um, so tinkerers, and that's almost a subgroup of the OSR, but not yeah, exclusively a subgroup of the OSR, right? No, no, it's not. One of the, the, the tinkerers, one of their greatest strength is the uh, uh, breadth of experience that you know they they look at a lot of different stuff i mean they're they're usually for the most part i mean many of them they're they're very well read they know a lot of different systems they've played a lot of different games um so they have a wealth of experience that they use to to kind of build their their new thing you know i i agree and there's a place for every group except for the ones that are the activists they can go get fucked but every yeah. everyone else truly has the game and the hobby in their best interests whether it's selfish because you know th those middlers are slightly selfish if you think about it they're just going to consume and play nothing wrong with that right or whether it is the groups that are you know tinkering uh, look we've officially killed faux sr this episode i love it tinkerers you are the neologist of the day uh, uh, yeah. I don't know what that means. Uh, no, neologist is someone that makes words. I know what it means. <laughs> so there are going to be news headlines everywhere. Kyle is the new neologist. Foesr is dead. There are now tinkers. Hooray! And the crowd went yeah. wild. Oh, they're going to light up our fucking Twitters this week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it is time, my friend. It is time. You know, I, I guess we owe it to everyone that's listening. Because Bert is not awkwardly accusing me of saying news right now. To right. remind everybody that uh, we did not, you know, kidnap Bert and put him in the crawl space underneath my beach house. Uh, Bert is on vacation and soaking yep. up some suns and catching some fish down in the florida keys so shout out yeah, to our friend bert uh hope you're having a good vacation hope you're recharging look you'll come back and get to see the aftermath of all of this shit that kyle and i just started <laughs> no, i think we did a good job of being very diplomatic you know i, I can't not use a phrase that that's out there and um i true yeah, I try to be fair, you know, I try to be fair. I mean, there's, there's some good stuff yeah. um, from everybody except for the uh, sparkle trolls. I, I absolutely like agree, which interestingly enough segues into our first article. Uh, okay. Almost 40% of people are playing more tabletop games since before lockdown with interest in D and D increasing to 85%. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, this author has ties to wizards. 
Um, a recent survey has found that more people are playing tabletop games since before the lockdown period over 2020. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Warhammer. Yeah. Is up. Board gaming mm-hmm. is up. Card gaming yeah. is up. Dungeons and Dragons is up. Yeah. And revenue for Wizards of the Coast is growing by 46.1%. If you count the write downs that were on Hasbro's balance sheet. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I kind of question some of those numbers. I think that it's hard to deny, though, that the basic statement that tabletop gaming is up. I, I mean, I think that's true. Uh, and I, I think the market reflects that. Uh, here locally, we're seeing a rise in the number of brick and mortar stores. Uh, there's one in particular, and they, they're exclusively, it's a board game store. Uh, they came out not too long ago and they've already got a second location expanded on the North side of the city now. And they're growing leaps and bounds. I was going to say, are they making money because board games are really tough to make money on? Uh, they seem to be doing fantastic, but they also rent space. Right. 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 So it's not just from, you know, it's not just margins off of products that they're selling. They're, they're selling location and space and, and times all that kind of thing so well gen con this year had its largest ever attendance over seventy thousand white guys that can't leave the hobby soon enough were there um everything is pointing up which means that on the surface there's a really big middle group right that that's a big middle group and and they are loving what they're doing which is good and this is why we're always on the case that gatekeeping not only is a requirement, but is a good thing because we have to, when you have this number of people that are turning their attention to a hobby, you have mm-hmm. to make sure that the hobby is going to survive once the locusts feed on the tree. Right. And there, yeah. there are some swarms of locusts in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, you know, the wolf in sheep's clothing, you know, or the or letting the fox into the hen house sort of thing, as we say here in the Midwest, you know, you got to be careful. Um, I do like the fact that so many people are, are coming to tabletop gaming and, and uh, you know, and I do think the lockdown had a lot to do with that. People getting together and be like, well, what do we do? Well, this isn't open, this isn't open, this isn't open, well, let's play a board game. And people kind of expanded their horizons that way. But, you know, it's exactly what you say, that because of the attention, now we've got a lot of people kind of outside the city walls, and you don't know who's friend or foe sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to to distinguish. You absolutely have to control what is at your table and what is in the different places that encompass your environment. If you're at a friendly local gaming store, chase them away right because they will and i've seen it firsthand i have a family friend that owned a gaming store a couple counties over right and catering to that group cost them their business Um, right we, we we did the segment on it that was a throwback segment when all of us were on vacation but now in hindsight there's a lot more information that's out on that and they were able to look at it with the clarity of hindsight 
and exclusively catering to that group that is very loud and makes a lot of noise and very prominent online killed them because that group doesn't buy anything, anything. Right. Right. Yeah. They don't spend, they don't spend money. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, we, we actually saw that here locally too. Uh, before the lockdowns, we started to see a rise in gaming pubs here in the Kansas city yes. area. Yes. That's the perfect uh, place for them because they can go and consume, consume, consume for free. Yeah. And it was a, uh, it, it was, it's a great concept, but uh, I had a, I had a friend of mine who was heavily invested in one of those, not far from my house. And it was, I, I went there a few times. It was a very nice place. They had a really good business model. Things were set up nice and they went under within a year. And a lot of it was because of exactly what you said. The, they, they started catering to a crowd that wasn't contributing to their bottom line in any real capacity. Right. And as, as vicious as that sounds, if that's how your family earns their food and keeps mm-hmm. the roof over their head, that has to be a consideration. So, um, you know, be careful what you wish for, especially with a large group, because I can tell you as someone with a business interest in a gaming store, the bigger market has led to thinner margins and less profit because you're selling more goods at less of a markup. Plus you're competing now, especially in the minds of, I guess, unfriendly consumers, the ones that you don't want in the store, you're competing with Amazon and target and you can't compete with Amazon and target. And there is no way that you can convince the unemployed. They, them that's living with mommy and rotating through the bathhouse that, there is an added value of having a shop, having knowledge, having a gaming library, that sort of thing. All they know is dad gave them 40 bucks and they're going to maximize their 40 bucks. So, um, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's a massacre. Unfortunately. Um, Mm -hmm. we talked about this massacre, the Texas chainsaw massacre board game, uh, yep. a couple months ago, right? Preview copies of the game have come out and all reviews point to positive. We were very skeptical when we first right. looked at this because there was so such limited information. Uh, the game mm-hmm. is now available for pre-order on said Big Bad Amazon. It's Prospero Hill and Funko, which means that your local gaming store is going to have a real challenge getting this at a reasonable cost. <laughs> we just talked about that. Um, yeah. But uh, the launch, surprise, surprise, is coming this October. So if you are a Leatherface fan or if you like one versus many, our knee-jerk reaction to it was right on the money, and it might be one to look at. Plus, with that publisher and that distribution, it ain't going to be a, a bank breaker. You could probably pick it up. Uh, shit. I wanna, I'm guessing that it's going to be about 40 bucks uh, just looking at the components and knowing a little bit about the distribution. But I am going to look right now and I will tell you exactly what it is. It is no longer available on Amazon. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, that's what it is. 
Oh, 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 I was wrong, Kyle. I was I was very wrong. For a okay. Funko game, it's clocking in at an MSRP of fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah. With a general wholesale cost of, and I'll bleep this out uh, for me if I were to buy it, it would be two dollars. It's not bad. It's not bad. I need to buy thirty five minimum. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's okay. Yeah, that's the tough part. If you're running a business, man, so thirty-five. Now, then, you, then, you, then you've got to move them in a timely fashion, right? And you have to move them for more than you paid for them to cover your labor. Um, and I'm looking at the components now, and I came into this very positive because I know where the pricing for these games was, and I was wrong. Right? Uh, clearly. Uh, we got some Bidenomics kicking here. I'm looking at this game, and I am not seeing a $60 game. Let me share this screen with you so you can you can take a peek here. That ain't a $60 game. No. That is not a no, $60 not. game. So as much as I was geeked going into this, I'm now going to pan it because the, the pricing is way off. At that point, I'm going to buy the Metal Gear Solid game that we talked about which I wonder if it's right. still available. Oh, I hope it is, because now I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I'm going to buy it. Uh, I know I can't move enough of them uh, commercially, so I'm just going to buy a copy for myself. But, uh, yeah, what a okay. bummer. What a, I'm, mm. I'm really bummed on this one. It's, everything's gotten so expensive, though, you know. It's, Look, it's not life-changing money, right? But that is not a $60 game. For 100 bucks. our current sponsor, Crudforge, is giving you their all-in pledge equivalent. Free shipping. Okay. Shop.crudforge.com right. for, okay. for Portland Occupied Zone. That includes miniatures, not cardboard standees. That includes custom pieces. It includes a barrel of laughs. Yeah. This, they might... They might move their first shipment because of its proximity to Halloween, mm, yeah. but I can't see this having legs, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I was I was about to question whether or not we were just being old men, you know, and it's like, well, this isn't a sixty dollar game back <laughs> in my day. Bread cost a quarter, you know. Metal Gear Solid was a hundred bucks, right? Okay. Uh, Portland Occupied Zone, a hundred bucks. Unfathomable. Right. Seventy-five bucks. Okay. Sad. Oh well. Well, I won't be buying it. I wasn't going to buy it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I I probably was. I was. That's the, the sad thing. We'll we'll see what happens. I, I I would have if I thought that I knew enough people that would actually have interest in playing it. Yeah. I don't uh, know that many Texas Chainsaw Massacre fans. Oh, it's just a board. Everybody knows what the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, even sure. if they're not a fan, right? Yeah, I know. But uh, what's next? Critical Role, uh, please. Oh, yeah. Ah, fuck that. I'm not reading it. Critical Role looks to unite its media universe ahead of the next season. Well, of course, because they're breaking away from wizards. Yep. Uh, it doesn't take I a think. genius to understand what's going on. Yeah, I think anybody who pays any attention to 
critical role, at least the behind the scenes stuff, what they've been doing as far as the productions they're doing, the business decisions they're making. I think everybody can see that. Yeah, they're they're eventually. I mean, that's what they're setting themselves up for is to break away. And from, and from, uh, the business from Wizards of the Chode. The business of, that they're doing is great business. We don't agree with it. Look at this. This picture personifies it. Matt Mercer with his smug fucking I am making money hand over fist on you fucks. <laughs> I would I yeah. would have that face <laughs> if I were I mean I I have all got that face, man, because they're all partners in it and they're and they're they're all making bang. They're making more now than they ever did as voice actors, would be my bet. Oh, I mean, I don't know that for sure, but without they a doubt. Been. What is that thing with the Skittle hair? Uh, anyway. Um, no. Oh, I, that's Talison. That's, um, that's, I know. <laughs> Look, you were giving me a legitimate answer. You're like, come on, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, come on, Ryan. You know um, the more and more that I learn about Critical Role, the more I hate the franchise, but I have immense respect for the businessman that is Matt Mercer. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. They're, they're doing well. I mean, you know, I, I I'd do the same thing. Oh shit! If yeah. I was if I was in his shoes, um, just as a nice little side note, though, every single cast member of Critical Role has blocked me on Twitter. No shit. Yeah, that happened a, a long time ago. Actually. I've never even checked because I am that disconnected. Uh, <laughs> I I I still got Matt Mercer. Like I said, him with his fucking eyebrow. Um, I respect the hell out of the business that he's doing. Uh, so I guess I'm safe, question mark? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That also means that I'm not a pimple on his ass. <laughs> yeah. Till, till this episode airs and then somebody's going to tell him. Oh. And then you're going to go the way of the dying breed, man. What does he care what we say? Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Officially confirmed by Rockstar is Red Dead Redemption 3. Three. Three. I petered out on Red Dead Redemption 2. I just Didn't quit. Play it. What, I think you would enjoy it. I've, I've heard a lot of good things. I've seen some videos on YouTube, some plays and stuff. It, look, it looks interesting. It looks like, it, you know, especially... The, the western thing i dig that it looks like something i i would play but, yeah uh, just I, never got around to i enjoyed it and and here's what happened red dead redemption 2 became a casualty of my personal technology evolution right i got red dead redemption 2 was digging it was in it significantly okay and then transitioned as much of my gaming as possible to GeForce now and uh, rockstar pulled their catalog right and when that happened i fell off the wagon i, I should fire <laughs> it back up i need a new gaming rig i've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off half because of how good GeForce now is, you know, I might bitch when it loses a save every now and then, but I've only really had it happen less than a handful of times. So less than five times. Yeah. And having access to 
high-speed internet almost everywhere, except for apparently when we do the speakeasy from the shore. <laughs> and, um, you know, it just prevented me to get lazy in my upgrades. So I'm still running like a 2070 in my gaming rig. Oh, I got you beat, man. I'm running a 1070 Ti. Oh, you better have that shit overclocked. <laughs> So, you know, I don't, I don't do a whole lot of gaming anymore. I, I want to build a new rig and I want to build a new rig. I got to have the money too. I mean, I, I, you know, I've, here's the thing. I've got the money. I just don't want to spend the money. See, that's you where I'm at I mean? with it too. Could I, we, we talked about it. Fuck. I bled money last week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you didn't hear, go to rumble.com and check out last week's Saturday speakeasy. Um, you'll hear the trail of tears that is my checkbook, (laughs) but, um, no, it was, it's not that it's going, it would impact my life. It's that I don't perceive it as a need right now. And part of that is still the GeForce now phenomenon. Uh huh. I just want these publishing companies to get off their ass and realize they're not losing any money. They're not losing any money, Kyle. I still have to own the game. <laughs> I still have to own the content. They, right. Their horse is still at the front of the pack. <laughs> <sighs> That's the news. That's the news. Red Dead Redemption 2, hot on the heels of GTA 6. I. Uh, I want to play it on GFN <laughs> so that I don't have to buy another graphics card. <laughs> uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, I uh, I can't say enough good things about GeForce Now other than the restricted library, which never was a restriction when I first signed up. Yeah, well, that's the how early, they get you. Yeah, the that's early, how they get you. The early days were great. You, you logged in. And your Steam populated with everything you owned. And then I forget who the first one was. I think it was Square Enix, but I could be wrong. Write us at nerdcognitopodcast at gmail.com if I am, because I'm just spitballing this one. But I think it was Square Enix. And they said, it might have been Rockstar. Oh, shit. Now I don't know. No, Bethesda. I want to say it was Bethesda. Who knows? It was one of those fucks. (laughs) <laughs> where i already own your game and in bethesda's case i bought skyrim like 19 billion times so give me yeah, a break well, everybody did i did too i don't know how many i got the special collector's box set with all the other games and i bought the fix what special the, edition special edition i did yeah, not buy anniversary that. edition i did oh not. i bought that too i bought i mean i bought them all <laughs> freaking freaking fool i am that's because you're a terrible dm (laughs) (laughs) didn't you know yeah yeah probably is boy before i delve into this oubliette because it is a hole in the ground where i will rot i think now is a good time to remind everybody that we have one of the i I mean i guess it's the king of the checkmark hero Right now, uh, Cinemander, at Cinemander on the Twitter machine. Sin has locked up the checkmark hero through October, Kyle. So uh, if you didn't hear it last week, it's because, A, my brain forgot, and we apologize, Sin. And you've got it forever. (laughs) So so, um, 
Sin sent us eight bucks, which allows the ladies on the NerdCognito Twitter machine to keep going with their blue check mark. That means a lot to them, and it means a lot to us that you support the show that you love. So we appreciate it. You too can be a check mark hero. Just go to nerdcognito.com, find the link at the very top of the page that says, be a checkmark hero, click it, send us eight bucks, and you'll be a checkmark hero for a whole month, but your whole month has to wait until November, <laughs> because Sin's <laughs> got it, because he demand. So thank you, Sin. We, we, in all seriousness, we appreciate it. It does mean a lot to us, um, and we, we couldn't do it without you guys, so... Uh, Checkmark Heroes always doing a good, positive thing for keeping us relevant on X. You're not relevant. You paid for a checkmark. <laughs> uh, ten things that you need to do as a Dungeons & Dragons Dungeon Master. <laughs> okay. Essential. Essential things that you yeah. have to do yeah i don't think i know any of them number 10 okay here we go safety and having a good time is more important than anything else <laughs> underneath a wonderful set of x cards that say stop keep going or slow down oh my god uh, Okay. Uh, There's no topic that can't be removed from your story when necessary. Nothing is too integral to warrant putting someone else in an uncomfortable situation. Fuck oh. you. <laughs> You're an adventurer. You're going into a crypt that is multiple levels underground. If you're not uncomfortable from the first step, get the fuck out out <laughs> if you can't take the heat stay out the kitchen seriously right? it's not fucking ballet it's, it's designed to provoke emotional reactions across the spectrum the high that you get from slaying a dragon should also be counterbalanced by the feeling of dread and despair that you have when you watch the orc rape the elf girl. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so I believe in being a polite person. You know, I really do. You know, and if I have people over and stuff, I'm going to be a polite host, you know, to the best of my ability. But that being said, there's certain assumptions there within those statements made on that list that, I completely disagree with um, safety is important. Well, I mean, physical safety. Yes. I mean, you know, we're not going to, I'm not going to turn hands to you. Kitchen. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's like you said, it's like, you know, going into it. Okay. This is, well, let's take, for example, uh, call of Cthulhu. I'm going to, I'm going to run a call of Cthulhu game, Brian. Oh and my! You're gonna, and the you're, pearls are about you're to be clutched here to those that are listening yeah, and, from that group. Yeah, you know, and and you're gonna and you're gonna play, and it's like, but you know what? If you don't want the elder god to show up, then you know you can 
You can play your X card, Ryan. And you know, there are certain things that are integral to the freaking adventure that cannot be removed. Safety tools, point blank, are the manifestation of Sparkle Troll ego. It is their ability to control. It's that's that's it. It they have no agency if the dm doesn't follow their x card it is their way to control the ebb and flow of the table the narrative that the dungeon master and that the other players are telling get fucked well sorry well yeah and then you've got the the whole you know the question about narrative and i mean if you're doing an osr game there may not be much of one but it's they're taking the master out of dungeon master aren't they well it is now the owner's bedroom not the master bedroom kyle <laughs> if you go real estate shopping uh, i know yes i know number nine i actually agree with the list on this you don't need to be a voice actor to portray compelling characters well no fucking shit <laughs> i agree with that too our friend delver chimed in on the twitter machine this week and said hey if you are a critical role person and you want to see what a real game looks like, and he was shilling his channel, which I mm-hmm. endorse, Delver can shill away on my platform any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Uh, yeah. He said, if you want to see how a real game looks, feels, and sounds, look no more than to this channel. You will see people that are enthusiastic and knowledgeable about AD&D having a wonderful time that is entertaining to watch. Yeah, I I agree. Okay, so so far, we're batting five hundred. Give the players what they want, as much as you can. Number eight. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, and this isn't even new, right? I can remember right. for as long as I have been Eternal Dungeon Master, having issues with a trope in the hobby which is the magic shop oh i hate the magic the magic shop in my game does not exist because if that exists it breaks the rest of the world world exactly oh i agree with you 100 on that you're the only other person that i can ever remember talking to that feels exactly the same way i do about that there are no magic shops they don't exist it, you cannot have it's it's opposed to the construction of the world if you have a match well i'd like to go uh, hi i'd like a plus one sword i i had a player that did that once in the third edition days and uh it okay. was look look at how progressive i was i had a reformed demon that was from the pits that became a smith <laughs> And the guy came in, he asked for a plus one sword. It will be several days. Come back in a week. And, uh, you know, I checked in. How is the sword coming? The sword is coming good. You'll be able to slay all sorts of vile creatures with it. Come back in two days. He got a masterwork sword that was engraved with plus one on the blade. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The thing of the the thing about giving players you know what they want as much as you can is 
there's there's two problems with that in my opinion one is do you want power gamers because that's how you get power gamers right you know basically that's that's my first criticism the second criticism is that players seldom are able to know what's good for a game or the campaign that they're in as opposed to the dungeon master i mean if you give you know there's a lot of players out there that if you just give them what they want they're going to have cybernetic arms and laser beams shooting out of their eyes in a fantasy setting you know right. what i mean right uh, yeah. you, you can't just give them everything it's it's like spoiling children you can't do it the one time i did have an establishment that sold magic weapons they did not accept gold pieces they handed over some crystalline orbs to the party and said take this over any humanoid or demi-human creature when they are at the point of death i.e one hit point and hold right. it over the center of their body. And the party said, okay. And they did that. And they watched, you know, Shang Tsung, Mortal Kombat style, the soul be captured right. into the, the orb. Uh, then they had the philosophical, which was intended, the philosophical conversation as a party. Can we do this? Right. And then the party uncovered that there was an entire secondary economy built on souls in that game world Trading in souls yeah oh yeah i like it I and like it. um some of the you know the necromancer had no problem with it right the paladin right. not so much so yeah. uh number seven let's see that create that creates for interesting drama within the game i mean you want to talk about role playing and how to encourage that that's a good way to do it yeah there was there was a point where a party member had perished and the only way to resurrect him that was readily available to them was someone that was trading in souls. Mm -hmm. And that was a real quandary for them. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff, man. Because <laughs> I am a good dungeon master. Fuck your list. Uh, <laughs> number seven, the rules are only a guide. I'm on board. I'm on board. Yep. In general, I'd say I'm on board. That's a that's a that's a rule zero thing. Kind of a it's a rule zero concept. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, within limits, I think there. I mean, I think you got to have limits on everything. But uh, yeah, I mean, a, as a general principle, sure, I I'm agree okay with it. So uh, what we're still we're, we're still, still 50 /50. Uh, yeah yeah we're still fifty fifty. Okay, you don't always number six have to tell a complex story. That's true. That's also true. I agree with that as well. I agree with that as well. Some of the best games I ever played in uh, back in the day, there was no complex story. The orcs burned down the neighboring village and they're moving their huts closer to ours. Go kill them. Yeah. The, okay. the, merchant, car the merchant caravan is getting harassed uh, by an ogre who shows up every other week and kills a bunch of their guys and takes a bunch of their stuff. He needs to be stopped. That was, that was one of the best damn series of sessions i ever played in number five the players aren't your enemies well duh that okay. i don't I, I, I agree with that i throw this as a wash because this doesn't this doesn't need to be on the list well it's the the it's the old idea about the adversarial or the killer dm it's kind of a warning if you're going yeah. to get into dming that you know you're not there you're you know you're not actively trying to kill them i true killer dms aren't going to have a group for long though 
Right. That's that's the thing. I mean, you could you can be a fair and firm DM, and it may some, and you're going to wind up possibly killing some PCs from time to time, but uh, or even a TPK now and then. I mean, those those sorts of things happen. But to set out with the goal of doing so, I think is the real issue there. I, I honestly, I yeah, I don't except, know that it needs to be included in the list, but. except for when you're gatekeeping. <laughs> I'm putting that on the table. Okay. 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 Except well, for when you're gatekeeping, when you need to make someone so uncomfortable that they leave the group and or the hobby, it is that player is your enemy. So okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, but that's I, an I can't incredibly that. rare circumstance. I can't remember the last yeah. time I've done that. You know, I joke about it a lot, right? But right. legitimately, when have I done that? Twice, maybe what something like that. Exactly once. Once. Exactly okay. once in. I've never years. had. I've never had to do it. I've never had to do it. And I had to do that because I was too chicken shit to have the conversation with the player. Right. Right. Which is actually the best way to go about it is to just have a straightforward, direct conversation about it. With I was also twenty something. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's easier when you get dude older. Dude got drunk at my house and was hitting on everyone's wives and or girlfriends at a New Year's yeah. Eve party outside of the game. He was not welcome back, but 20-something stupid. He was older than me, so there was, I don't know, whatever. I, uh, you know, Now it would have yeah. been, get out, right? Yeah, yeah. Number four, the players can create the world with you. Well, no shit! To an extent, yeah. I mean, that's the and that and see, that's really what player agency is. Player agency isn't about doing whatever the fuck you want or you know having laser beams shoot out of your eyes or whatever. You know, it's about. <laughs> well, no, it's funny you say that because the image that is accompanying this in the article is a monk with a laser beam shooting out of his eyes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not shitting you. I, I hope I can remember to forward this to the Nerd Cognito ladies so that they can post it with the episode. And hopefully, uh, who am I kidding? I'm not going to have time to clip this this week. But I am going to show you that there is an image of a monk with a laser beam shooting out of his eyes. Oh, my God. I am not making this up. Oh, wow. Uh, um but that's what player agency is, right? It's, you know, the, the decisions that your PC makes, the actions that they take have an effect on the world. And in doing so, they actually become the drivers of the story because they're not necessarily heroes, but they're the protagonists. They're the center right. of attention because right. that's, you know, that's what you're doing. Well, and that dovetails okay. into number three and number two. Things aren't written in stone and keep a bird's eye view of the game and don't plan too much. That's very true as well. If you overplan, you are killing your game. Choo-choo, motherfucker. That's how railroads start. Right, yeah. No, I, I agree with that, too. I, I... Number one, you don't have to know every rule. This one I'm, I'm torn on, right? Because I agree to an extent. You can always reference a rule, but you do have to know your content and your core rules. If someone pulls out some obscure monk rule with their chi, fine, we reference it. If someone needs to reference 
how their their particular spell works. Like drives me insane when magic users don't know their own spells. Per personal pet peeve. I would reword number one, and I would say this: you need to be fully familiar with the rules, but you are not required to necessarily remember every rule. I agree. I think that that is a very diplomatic way to put it. Um, generally speaking, you can see that most of this shit is common sense, but the ones that yeah. we disagree with are so far in a different direction that it's just ridiculous. Anyway. Well, it's it's people that probably never really played, played. at least. Right. Yeah. You know, the DMG yeah. is in their bathroom because it's shit and reading material. <laughs> I know a guy that does that. He has a Dungeon Master's Guide in his bathroom. It's the fifth edition book because it's some sort of social credit. He claims to have played. I don't know where his group is. I've never heard, you know, when when we play, we, we tell stories. I just told the story of the souls, right? right. I'm like, he'll talk about, yeah, I had a great session. What happened? Oh, you know, we leveled up. You don't really play. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh no, we're we're gaming. I've got I've got a wonderful backstory for my new character. Okay. Uh don't tell me about the backstory. Tell me about the city that you're starting your campaign in. Oh, you know, it's a village. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh we are way over time now <laughs> we do that a lot don't we well you know we're just making up for lost time from the last two weeks um right now is right. a good opportunity for you to check to make sure that you are following at nerdcognito on the twitter machine as well as that you are subscribed to this podcast on the podcast provider of your choice go to wherever it is that you go uh, click that button to subscribe, and this show, along with all the future shows and all of the future goodness, will download right to your device as they release. That is most important. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at I Hate Ryan David on Twitter. You can follow Kyle at Dying Breed TT on Twitter. Um, that's it. That's that's like the the core thing. Make sure that you are subscribed and tell a friend. Those are the two big things. Remember, we have the Saturday Speakeasy streaming on Rumble and X every Saturday at 5 Eastern and uh, soon to be coming to another major tube of the U streaming provider. Uh, more on that coming down the road, but just throwing it out there that the speak might be growing a little bit. So uh, that's going to be yeah. fun. Uh, what else? I don't think that's it. I think that's all the things that we have this week, Kyle. I would encourage everyone to, you know, if you like the show, maybe throw us a review on, uh, on your podcast provider of choice or, uh, or even shoot us an email. You know, we'd love to hear feedback, positive and negative. I mean, we prefer positive, but the negative can be fun too. Have you but read some of the sparkle troll reviews? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'd love to hear from some of the people that are out there listening personally. Definitely. Shoot us an email. You, you can uh, go to nerdcognito.com. Give us a call on the Nerdcognito hotline. That's posted at the website. Or you can interact with us on Twitter. Of course, of course. 
All right. Well, my name is Ryan David. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. It has been a fun time. Uh, we look forward to doing this every week and sharing these conversations with you. I was joined by Kyle, and we will talk at you next week. Nerd! I'm playing my X card on your X card.